Hey guys, welcome back to the Now What series uh, here at Transformation Church. We're so excited that you're with us. My name is Brad Livingston. I'm the lead pastor. So if you're new or if this is your first time with us, man, we welcome you. We are so excited that you're here today. And again, just like always, I do believe that God has something, a special message, a special way that he wants to reach your life. And so, man, welcome. We are beyond excited, like I said. And so, man, before we get too far into the message for this Now What series and all that we're gonna talk about today, I did wanna let you know this special announcement and put it in front of you right away. On June 7th at nine o'clock a.m., we are going to be having our outdoor service at our new location, all right? So June 7th, 9 a.m., we will be hosting our outdoor service at, uh, at the new location, the address at the bottom of the screen. You can also go to transformationchurch.com and you can get the address there, all right? We want to make sure that you come out. You can come out a few minutes early, bring your lawn chairs, all that jazz. We'll have worship, a short message, uh, but we're also doing something that's very, very special. We're kicking off that day and we want to put it in front of you and your family right now. All right. So one of the things that we're doing at that service is we're titling the whole thing, Take Your Steak. All right. And not steak as in what you eat. All right. Not a mid rare, you know what I mean? Filet. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is taking your steak. And at the service, we're going to have a special way that you're going to get to connect you, your family, your name, your legacy, generations that are going to follow you that get to be a part of Transformation Church. We're going to connect you to the heritage and the, and the future of the property and what God's going to do there. The way God moves, moving forward through that property, through that campus, we want to attach you and help you get attached to it. Um, so we're going to have a special way that that's going to happen. It's all going to be on June 7th right there at the grounds. And one of the things that we're doing in addition to that, we want to go ahead and put in front of you right now is we're also doing a special uh, fundraising opportunity for the building, right? And so here's our goal. Are you ready? 100K in 60 days, all right? 100K in 60 days. And you say, Brad, how is that going to be possible? Well, man, it shouldn't be too hard. If 100 of us give $1,000, there it is. Me and my wife, we've already pledged to give above one of our stimulus checks. So we've just taken that and we said, we're going to set this aside. So we're giving that. Now, that's not pressure that you have to give a whole stimulus check. My encouragement to you is give what God puts on your heart. If 100 of us give $1,000, we've met our goal, right? So if uh, 200 of us give $500, we've met our goal. And here's the beautiful part. You don't have to be in Pensacola to take part in that. So some of you I know watch from Kentucky. Some of you watch from Ohio. Some of you are watching from North Carolina. Some of you are watching from Japan right now. Uh, listen, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can be a part of this. And if you give to that, right? If you are part of connecting to that, we're also gonna take a note of who you are. You can send us an email and we're actually going to help you take your stay on that day as well. And you're actually going to, we're going to connect you to what God is doing there. So you don't have to be in Pensacola to make that possible. All right. So help us, man. I'm inviting you. Let's go there. But again, we're not demanding. We're not pushing. We're not trying to make you give anything. We're giving all of us, myself, my family, my wife, uh, all of us included, we're taking advantage of the opportunity to give to God right? Financially, generously, above our tithes, right? We're going to give and we're going to see God do something amazing. And through that, we're going to get to finish all of the projects uh, that we wanted to get finished at the property. So the gym will be done. The main auditorium will be done. 
Everything that's gonna be outside, finishing the property will be done. And that means that lets us focus on reaching people for Jesus because we're passionate about our pursuit. We're passionate about the ones that God loves and we're gonna go after them. And so, hey, I invite you to join us on that journey. June 7th, 9 a.m., you can bring the offering uh, that day or you can give online anytime uh, moving forward. So starting today, you could actually give. If you wanted to give $1,000 today, you could do that. Go to transformationchurch.com and you can give. We invite you to be a part of that. All right. Just give to the Take Your Stake Fund. Um, and if you give to that, we'll automatically, especially if you're out of state, we'll automatically add you um, to the Take Your Stake project that's happening on June 7th. And we'll make sure that you, your family, and your legacy is connected to the campus as well. So I invite you to do that. All right. Now, we are so excited about the Now What series. It's been encouraging so many people. I mean, it really has. People have been reaching out to us and letting us know how God has been speaking to them because there is this attitude of where do we go from here, right? Some of you right now are in a place where you're like, I am so tired of being in this house. I'm tired of being in this position. I'm tired of what's going on. Well, now what? As the world starts to get back to normal, where do we go from here? And today I wanna to talk to you about this idea of just enjoy the journey. Just enjoy the journey. Uh, so we went out and bought some desks recently. So uh, between my wife who has been working from home, uh, myself who has been looking at new desks, we've been looking at building desks, we've been looking at everything. My honey-do list at my house for my wife is a mile long. Uh, so I feel like Chip Gaines and she feels like Joanna Gaines, all right? We've been knocking down walls at churches, we've been building decks and backyards, we've been painting houses, we've been doing all kinds of stuff at the Livingston house, all right? So as that's been happening, right? There's something I noticed though, as we started looking at desks and as we started looking at different types of furniture, right? Is as you look at them, most of the products that are out there, they're not necessarily built to last. They're built for ease, right? I want you to think about it for a second. If you go buy a piece of furniture, it looks really, really cool. The picture of it looks great. But have you ever put a desk or a chair or something like that together? And as you read the directions and as you put it all together, you get it finished and it's not quite as sturdy as you thought it was gonna be. Like it, it kind of is wiggly and kind of shaky and it doesn't quite fit the way you thought it should. Like maybe it's missing a screw made out of particle board instead of real wood. Like all this together, you're like, man, this isn't quite as good as I thought it was gonna be, right? And that tends to happen a lot. You see, Here's the reality. These items were built for people who are really more interested in how quickly they can have the end product than how good the end product is gonna be. Let me say it again. Those people are really more interested in how quickly they can get the end product than how good the end product is going to be, right? They're more interested in having it now than having a quality item later. Now, we can all be guilty of that, right? The reality is, is they aren't marketing that item to the ones that want it to last. They're marketing that item to the ones that want it right now. And here's the thing. I think all of us, if we're not careful, fall prey to this idea of destination syndrome. Destination syndrome. So here's the thing about destination syndrome. Destination syndrome is all about getting to some end goal. And here's what we're guilty of. I'm guilty of it, and I'm sure you are too. We build up this idea of the perfect destination, right? And we wish our way to the destination, and we don't take advantage of where we currently are. 
You see, here's what happens. We feel like if we could just get to this, then everything will get better. If we could just get, if I could just get my degree, then everything will be smooth sailing. If we could just get married, then things will be, then our relationship will be better. Uh, if we could just get that raise or that promotion, then our financial uh, institution, our financial security, all those things, that'll all get better. If I could just get this promotion, if I could just get this title, if I could just get this degree, if I could just get married, if I could just have this relationship, then things will get better. And what happens is we become so consumed with the destination that we don't realize that the journey to the destination is far more important than the destination itself. What we don't realize is as we're pursuing after this destination, man, as we're going after the destination, we're trying to get there. The journey along the way to get to where God is leading us is actually the most fruitful part of making the destination worth it. We become consumed and we wish away key moments. And, and here's what most of us are all guilty of. We wish away moments we're never gonna have again. Parents, I want you to think about this for a second. I know you wish that your kids would be done with the crying phase or the barely walking phase or the sleeping, not sleeping through the night phase or all of those things. But here's what I want you to know. There is coming a time where you wish you had those moments back. I know for many of you, you uh, are, can't wait till you get through the grunt work phase to become a supervisor or a different place in your career. Here's the thing, when you get to that aspect, there's gonna be troubles there too that you're gonna wish that you could get through that season and get to the next. And so many of us are guilty of wishing, of pushing, of hoping that we can get through the current season faster to get to a destination. And here's the deal, the destination we're wishing for it very rarely gives us the joy, the hope, all the things, the fulfillment. It very rarely meets the expectations that we've put on it. And here's what I've learned over the years. The journey to the destination is far more valuable than the destination itself. God does more in us. He provides more for us. He gives more to us in the journey than he ever does in the destination. There's only one destination that'll be better than the journey, and that's heaven. Everything else lacks the fulfillment that it needs to get us there. Now, we see this shows up in the Bible in a number of different ways, and Paul talks about this idea of enjoying the journey quite a bit. In, in 2 Timothy 4, 6, he says this, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, he says, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. In other words, Paul is saying, I have stayed true to what is true. And that is that if I'm on this earth, what God has called me to be doing, in other words, to be active, what God has called me to in regards to my journey, that is the greatest hope. It's not about the destination that we could reach on earth. It's about the destination we're all gonna reach in heaven. In other words, what we do day in and day out here on earth is the journey that ultimately leads to the greatest fulfillment. And that's when we stand before God and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. So what does it look like to stay true to the journey and enjoy the journey? Just enjoy the journey. 
Well, there's a few ways that that happens. First, we gotta concentrate on the journey and realize that concentrating on the journey helps you focus on your season of growth. I want you to say season of growth. Say it one more time, season of growth. So here's what happens. When we're worried about our destination, we're missing out on all the ways that God is trying to grow you in the journey. Have you ever sat back and took a look, taken a look or took a look? I'm not sure if which one is grammarly correct there. Have you ever sat back and observed how God has grown you, how he has stretched you, how you have matured over seasons of your life that you wish you hadn't gone through? Have you ever taken a step back and looked at how you became stronger, how your faith increased, how you learned how to be joyous and joyless situations? Have you ever noticed how God does that? Have you ever taken an inventory of all the ways God grew you in seasons that were uncomfortable and you didn't want to be in? That's the journey that God has you on. That's how God is trying to show you that if you were to skip the journey and just get to the destination, you wouldn't be the person that is needed for the destination. You can't wish your way through growth. You have to work your way through growth. But when you get to the destination, you'll be the person that's ready to be there. And so we can wish it all day long, but we have to go through what it takes. Here's what I know. Growth happens in the shadow of opposition, not opportunity. I'm gonna say that again. Growth happens in the shadow of opposition, not opportunity. Opportunity doesn't strengthen you. Opportunity doesn't make you stronger. It doesn't make you wiser. It doesn't teach you anything. Opposition makes you stronger. Opposition makes you wider. And opposition teaches you things. So growth happens in the shadow of your opposition. So embrace those moments where you're working in the journey because that means when you get to the destination, you'll be ready. You see, uh, growth happens in the climbing, not in the resting. So many times we're anxious. So many times we're ready to get beyond the climbing, to get beyond the opposition, to get past the hard, confusing, difficult, emotional, frustrating times in our lives. Those aspects of our lives, we're ready to get through them. But those are the seasons that God wants to help to teach us something. That's when the God wants to show up on the scene. He wants to mold us into something. Romans 8.28 says it like this. And we know that God causes everything. Say everything. He causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If you want the destination, the calling, then God is making all the things in the journey to get there work together for the good of his purpose that matches your calling. In other words, the journey is necessary for the destination. If there's no journey, there is no destination. It's required to get you where you're going, right? So Matthew twenty two fourteen says this, many are called, but few are chosen, which means that if you are moving towards your calling and God has called you, but few are chosen, that means that if few are chosen, that means there are so many people that gave up in the middle of the journey because they weren't willing to go through what it took to get to the destination. So God wants to encourage our hearts. So what happens there? The second thing we want you to understand about the journey 
is concentrating on the journey helps you find beauty and contentment. It helps you find the beauty in contentment. You see, all of us are anxious to get to the things that are promised to us, aren't we? If you know there's something waiting on you when you get home, I know every time I order something from Amazon Prime, which during quarantine has been a little more often than usual, right? Because we feel like we're just finding stuff to order and Facebook and Instagram is listening to our phones or something and popping up ads for all the stuff we've been Googling lately. And so we order it on Amazon Prime, right? It gets there, but have you ever been somewhere and it tells you, you get the notification, this thing is on its way to your house and you're like, I can't wait to get home so that I can open that box. Even if it's not something you're gonna use right away, you don't care, you just wanna see it. You just wanna open the box, right? There's an aspect for all of us where we're constantly waiting, we can't wait, and there's something that God's trying to teach us in a life, and at least in our spirit and in our emotions, is that we need to learn to be content in all things, right? The joy is in the journey, be content in the journey. When you finally get to the destination, that's when you realize, quite frankly, many times, it was a false summit anyways. Have you ever gotten to a destination you thought was gonna be awesome and you get there and it lacks the joy that you thought it was gonna have? It doesn't mean that it wasn't good. It's just you get there and you realize, man, I kinda, I'm kinda ready for the next thing already because that's what life does. Hear me for a second. There's nothing in this world Nothing in this world that is going to give you the great fulfillment of the destination. There's only one destination that gives you that fulfillment, and that's the eternal destination that God has for us. You see, we go to Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Paul's talking again, and he says this, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. So in every situation, I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In other words, I know how to have much. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. But I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In other words, Paul is telling us, I have seen provision by day, day by day. I've seen God give to me day by day. I've had the grace of God show me what it looks like to have plenty, to live in abundance, but I've also seen what it looks like to walk in need, to not have enough. And you know what? It doesn't matter because I've learned to be content in everything. You see, I can do all things. I can survive anything. I can go through any journey when it's Jesus who is strengthening me in the process. And I'm here to tell some of you today that the destination you're pushing for doesn't compare to the beauty that's actually in the journey of getting there. Now, some of you think, I just can't, I don't know if I can keep going like this. I'm here to tell you that Paul's telling us, you can when it's Jesus who is strengthening you on the journey to the destination. He'll carry you, he'll encourage you, he'll equip you, he'll, he'll give you everything that you need. He is capable of that. You see, growing up with my dad, I learned a few things. And so some of the things that I learned growing up with my father, uh, because Pastor Dan is one of those guys, he would rather build it than buy it any day of the week, all right? So it doesn't matter what it is. I remember growing up in the wood shop with him and he would be building shelves and he would be building cases and he would be building all kinds of things. He could make anything out of wood. He could frame a house if he wanted to. He, I mean, he can just build anything. He's that kind of guy. He would rather build it than buy it. 
right? He would rather grow it than buy it. He, any, he wants to do something with his hands. Now, he would take me out to the shed <clears throat> or in the garage, and we would build things. He would teach me how to build, how to cut, how to drill, how to hammer, all those things, how to do that correctly. And one of the things that I learned in that process was that there are ways that you actually have to focus on building. He, he taught me that you have to account for how much the wood takes up. So if you need something to be 24 inches, but you're using three quarter inch wood, uh, you would actually wanna cut that down to 22 and a half inches because you have to account for three quarters of an inch on each side. And I know that's math for some of you and you just got freaked out and it sounded like I was speaking gibberish. All the builders know what I'm talking about. He taught me those things at a young age. He taught me how to build things. He taught me how to make things that would last. You see, the thing is, is he wanted me to understand the value of going through and building it yourself. He wanted me to know the value of not just going to the store and buying it for instant gratification. He wanted me to have the knowledge, the skills necessary to earn, to construct, to build something that would last for myself. You see, there's beauty in the contentment of taking longer to build something that will last longer. And for some of you, God is taking longer to build a life that will last. Hear me for a second. For some of you, God is building your faith because he needs your faith to be stronger, to last through the seasons that God may take you through. It's taking longer because God is building a joyous spirit. He's building something in you that's going to last through a season that may be coming where you're going to need to cling to that joy longer than you thought possible. Maybe you're going to go through something in your family. Maybe a friend's going to go through something and you need to hold that joy for them. You need to be that provision for them. You need to help walk them through. You see, maybe God is helping you build something and you're saying, I want instant gratification. I want to have it right now. And God's saying, if I gave it to you right now, it wouldn't be strong enough to endure the calling that I'm going to have you walk through in the future. You see, I may be about to do something with your life that you don't know is coming. And if I gave you instant gratification now, you wouldn't know what it looked like to build it. You wouldn't know what it looked like to earn it. You see, I also have friends whose fathers didn't have that type of relationship with them. I also have friends that their dad didn't help them build anything. And you know what? If it doesn't come with a manual, they ain't building it. They don't have the wherewithal to construct something like that. Now, they have plenty of other skills, and I'm not bashing them. If you didn't have a dad that taught you how to build something out of wood, I'm certainly not saying that. What I am saying is this, is you will understand the idea that if you don't have the manual, you kind of feel lost. But I'm grateful for a dad that showed me how to make the thing that I wanted to make, regardless of if I had the layout, the blueprint, the plan in front of me. And for some of you, God is showing you what it looks like to live a life of faith, even if you don't have the blueprint in front of you, even if you don't have the plans or the drawings in front of you, even if you can't see how you're going to get where you're going, enjoy the journey of learning because when you get there, you'll have all you need. And so we get to this last point about what it takes to enjoy the journey. And the last point is this, concentrating on the journey helps you keep joy along the way. Concentrating on the journey helps you keep joy along the way. See, if you're always focused on the destination, you're constantly reminding yourself of where you're not. But if you're always focused on the journey, you're constantly learning about what you're getting right now. You're constantly focused on the joy that you're obtaining. You're constantly focused on the wisdom that you're obtaining. You're constantly focusing on the faith 
that you're obtaining, the strength you're obtaining. See, when you're looking at the journey, you're thankful for what you're obtaining in the process. But if you're constantly looking at the destination, all you're doing is reminding yourself of what you don't have yet. And the thing is, God doesn't want you to be consumed of the things he hasn't given you yet. He wants you to be consumed about the thing he's getting you ready for. But the journey is what it takes to get there. Matthew 6, 27 says this, can all your worries add a single moment to your life, right? He goes on in 31 through 34 to say this, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs, right? He says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else, above anything else, above that promotion, above that degree, above that relationship, above that marriage, above, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. In other words, he's saying, focus on your journey today. Focus on what he wants to bring you today. So here's some tips that I have for you. Stop letting the uncertainty of your destination rob you of the joy in your journey, but rather, Start letting the freedom of faith restore joy in your journey. Another one would be stop letting the frustration of the duration of your journey rob you of faith, but start letting the hope of assurance restore faith in your journey. There is joy that can be found right where you are. Take a look around you for a second. If you stopped looking at the destination, are there relationships that God has put in your life for this journey that you're thankful for? Do you have people that are encouraging you along the way? Maybe you're not where you wanna be, but are you where you could have been if it weren't for the grace of God? You see, this journey is more valuable than you might think. What God is doing in your life right now is bigger than you might imagine. And you could be somewhere else, but by the grace of God, you're not where any of us should be. You see. We shouldn't have the blessings. We shouldn't have the journey. We shouldn't have the promises of God that we have. None of us have earned this, but God saw fit to give it to us. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you. So if he started something in you, he that began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day we meet Christ Jesus. How beautiful is that? 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8 says this. Uh, uh, Paul is talking again. He says this, for I am already being poured out. So just so you know, uh, he has written letters to Timothy, who is his apprentice, if you will, his disciple, the one he's been teaching ministry to. And this is one of the last things he, he writes to Timothy. And he says this, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. In other words, I'm coming to the end of my rope. I'm, I'm running out of what I have in me to keep going. And the time frame for my departure is near. In other words, it's almost time to go to heaven. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. 
Now we started the service off with that scripture, but here's what he says at the end of that. He says, now, now, now th that word now is key because he, essentially what he's saying is I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have done all those things. So now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. In other words, because I was faithful in the journey, man, now I get the award in my destination. Because I was faithful throughout the process, because I enjoyed the journey, because I fulfilled the call, right? I was called and I was chosen because I stuck it through the journey, because I maintained my promises, because I kept going where I could have quit. I, I kept going. I finished the race that God had for me and I kept the faith. I stayed locked into what God had because I did all of that. Now I'm going to get my award in my ultimate destination. And I want to encourage you today to remember that, yeah, you may have had it rough. The journey may have not been the one you would have chose, but God is looking out for those who are aiming to complete the journey. God is looking, he is searching, he is going to and fro, and he is watching you. So remain faithful on your journey because the journey is better. The journey is more life. The journey is where you need to be. The journey can bring great joy. It can bring strength. It can bring hope. It can bring faith. The journey can instill in you what you need so that you get to the destination and you receive your reward. God will give to you all that you need. And so I want you to know today, enjoy the journey. Listen, parents, enjoy the season. Every season you're in with your kids, enjoy that season because you won't get that one back with that child. Maybe it's at work, enjoy that season at work because you won't be here again. In the next destination, the next promotion, the next raise, It'll carry with it responsibilities. It'll carry with it stresses that your current situation doesn't have, your current opportunity doesn't have. There is no destination that will bring you ultimate fulfillment. There's only one destination that will bring you ultimate fulfillment, and it's in heaven with Jesus. And today, if you are in a situation in your life where you are unsure about your destination, you're frustrated with your journey maybe, or maybe your journey's been great. Maybe you're not frustrated but you're realizing that you're not sure that the ultimate destination of your life is gonna bring you where you need to be. You see, when we become aware of how badly we need God in our life, that's actually a gift He gives us. You see, He'll make us aware that it doesn't matter how good our life is here on earth, there's eventually coming a time where we're gonna spend an eternity after we leave this earth, either with Him in heaven or in hell without him. And the forgiveness of our sins is the pass to heaven. And it only comes one way, and that's through our faith in Jesus Christ and the grace that he gives us. And today, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, today, if you want a clean slate, today, if you want all of that to be wiped away and you're ready to say yes to putting your faith in Jesus, yes to having your sins forgiven, and yes to a life that goes after God, I'm here to tell you, that he's ready today. So I wanna invite you on this journey of following Jesus. And you say, how do I do that, Pastor? Well, the very first step is to put your faith right now, 
your belief in Jesus Christ, that when he went to the cross, he paid for your sins. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray a prayer right now. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. That faith alone is what makes you saved. But we wanna put words to the actions of our heart. We wanna confess with our mouth what we're believing in our heart, that Jesus is now the Lord of our life. So I wanna invite you to pray this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me clean, make me pure, and make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross, and I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I follow you, I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. And